This week, we are virtually visiting the Space Coast to let you know the best things you can do when visiting Kennedy Space Center and the surrounding area. There is, of course, so much more to it than just that fantastic visitor center, so hopefully this episode will help you plan your visit to the area. We'd love to hear your stories from trips to the Space Coast, so if you've been, please do tell us about it. You can find us at Space and Things One on Twitter and at Space and Things Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We do love to hear from you. We'll also do our best to get you up to date with all the happenings in the world of spaceflight this week. But right now, please do enjoy episode 40 of the Space and Things Podcast. Listening to Space and Things with Dave Giles and Emily Carney. I'm Emily Carney. And I'm Dave Giles, and welcome to episode 40 of the Space and Things podcast. 40 weeks of doing this. Can you believe it? I cannot believe it. Yeah, we're pretty close to a year almost, which is crazy to me. I, it's yeah. gone by. It's gone by quickly, and at the same time, it hasn't. It's really weird. So, yeah. It feels like I've... Yeah. At the same time, it feels like we're just getting started. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's hopefully uh, to a few more years or so of uh, <laughs> of good stuff. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, this week, you've been, been you've been pretty busy. You had two different articles go up. Did I did I get that right? Yeah, you're you are correct. We had Memorial Day weekend in the United States, and right. that, it's it's kind of a it's a serious holiday uh, dedicated to uh, veterans who have sacrificed their lives for the country. But we do get a three day weekend off, so I kind of just uh, amuse myself by writing a couple pieces. Well, one piece was a book review, which I really I, I've had the book for a little bit, and I loved it, so I really wanted to write it. I did a book review of a book called uh, Shuttle Mission Control which is by uh, Marianne Dyson. I love it. I, I It's on Amazon and it's on her website as well, which I believe is MarianneDyson.com. I, I really highly recommend this book. There's been a ton of uh, mission control books written about Apollo, which, which are awesome. Uh, and we've interviewed Rick Houston, who yeah. wrote probably the best one. There aren't many books about shuttle mission control. There are any. I, I probably missed them at some point. But um, this is really excellent. It explains all the roles really well. And it's just, I love the pictures in it. It's a really fun read. So I enjoyed it. And and, and what was the author's role in that? Was was she there or was she, is she like, he, like Rick and, and a journalist who's found out about this? Uh, she was a, uh, a flight controller. She oh, was a amazing. flight. Yeah, she was one of the first women actually in mission control. She joined NASA in uh, 1979 and she was a flight activities officer and they were like in charge of like the sort of the day-to-day schedule of the astronauts up there mm-hmm. so and i think she did a uh, uh, five missions and i think she left nasa around the mid-1980s because she she started a family and stuff which is you know which is understandable but but she's been doing a lot of she's still active in the space community. Um yeah. she she's written a great number of space flight books. So it's a really awesome book and uh you, go get it. That's I'll all add, I got. I'll say. add it to the list. Yeah, <laughs> go, go get list it. of wonderful space books. You you've also started a brand new series, right? Yeah, cuz I'm insane. This um it's such a cool idea what you've done. Yeah, because um, I'm nuts. Because I like I needed to add more stuff to do to my list of things to do. 
um, I've kind of had an idea in my head for a while, like, why don't I, you know, I, I wish I could do a series about space flight in the 1970s, because there's sort of this common mythology that, you know, okay, the Apollo missions ended, they stopped sending people to the moon, and it just ended for, you know, seven, eight years until the space shuttle flew. Yeah. And that's not really true. <laughs> I mean, there were, there was obviously Skylab, uh, I'm going to get dinged. Never heard uh, of it. There was... Never heard of it. There's a <laughs> Apollo Soyuz, you know, and there were a ton of like missions that, you know, were they they were uncrewed. They were like space probes, but they're still pretty cool to talk about because they were really uh, sort of sophisticated, I guess, for their time. Yeah. So I sort of wanted to write up, you know, just pieces, you know, dribble out pieces about, you know, maybe stuff that people forgot about or things that had some sort of significance during the time and that sort of impact. Um, us now that we don't really think about. Yeah. So I started that this weekend, and I, I sort of focused on something that um, a satellite that probably nobody thinks about anymore. It's a uh, the ATS six satellite, which is the um, I almost wanted to say Apollo Telus. No, <laughs> um, it's the uh, Applications Technology Satellite, is what it was called. Kind of a generic name, but basically what it did was um, there was a whole series of satellites and. The first few of them really helped out with uh, like meteorology at the time because they were able to get full pictures of the Earth, which at the time was a big deal. Yeah. And that really sort of advanced the field of like predicting weather. And then later, um, the ATS-6 satellite really functioned as like this first of its kind like communication satellite, mm. uh, which paved the way for like the current uh, TDRS, the tracking and data relay system uh, that we still use to this day. So... Yeah, so I wrote about that. The the image of this satellite as well, it it looks like something from science fiction. Yeah, it's that, crazy the, this this thing. Yeah, the thing is, um, I, I thought it was funny. I love nineteen seventies like illustrations of satellites because the artist concepts they really soup it up and try to yeah. make them look like from the future. You know? <laughs> yeah, I love the. That's a one thing that sort of motivated me about writing about a. 70s tech was a lot of the concept art is bonkers which i love like some of the space shuttle concept art i'm like oh yeah I, you just want to be like they were never gonna do this but this yeah. was something they thought about even like missions that happen like the pioneer venus concept art is nuts because it's just it looks like something from star trek but basically the point of space in the 70s is to talk about things that maybe need to be revisited um, I wanted to write a few fun things too, sort of about, you know, events that happened back then that were kind of cheesy, but yeah. you know, maybe a few people remember, <laughs> maybe like one or two people like, yeah, I remember that I went there, you know? So I kind of wanted to write about that, you know? So it, it's a fun decade that there's a lot of fun pictures you could dig up. So. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing where you go with this and I'm going to subscribe religiously to it because you're right. Post Apollo, obviously, I knew about Skylab and I knew about Apollo Soyuz, but there is a big gap in my knowledge between that and the start. About time I addressed that, I think, and I'm hoping that your articles are going. Thank you. Yeah, and, and Skylab is going to show up because no, surely just- not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm It'd not be rude done not with to. it. Yet. Yeah, I mean, it would be rude yeah. not to, wouldn't it? Exactly. Exactly. 
Well, unfortunately now I do have some sad news to report uh, before we get started. Unfortunately, another one of our Mission Control heroes has passed away. John D. Hodge was actually born in London and was a Brit and somehow ended up becoming one of the first NASA flight directors where he became known as Blue Flight. Notably, he was the lead flight director during Gemini 8, the mission that saw astronauts Neil Armstrong and David Scott survive the first in-space flight emergency after a stuck thruster on their spacecraft put it into an uncontrollable spin. He was also on duty during the 1967 Apollo 1 fire. While Hodge left his role as a flight director in 1968, he became the head of Johnson Space Center's Advanced Programs Office. In 1970, he left NASA but returned in 82 to work on Space Station Freedom, a program that greatly influenced today's International Space Station. Emily has written a wonderful eulogy which she posted in the Space Hipsters Facebook group, which I will post a link to in the show notes. But we, of course, send our condolences to his family and friends. Did the crew confirm that they got that maneuver update okay? That's affirmative. Roger. So, as we said last week, Emily was fortunate enough to revisit the Kennedy Space Center in Florida a couple of weeks ago. So I suggested to her that we talk about this. You know, reasons to go, top tips of what not to miss, and also what's good to do in the surrounding area. So, let's get started. Okay, um, if you're going to go um, and visit the Kennedy Space Center Visitor Complex, I suggest you try to take at least two days to go there. Get like a two-day pass there. Um I'm a Florida resident, so I usually get the year pass just because um, I go there more than twice a year normally, <laughs> except except last year. I didn't go at all because of COVID, but um, I usually, like, this year I'll probably go there several more times, hopefully. So I really suggest if you're going to visit there, try to take at least two days to go there because it really... Um, I, I think it's open now, 10 to 5, I think. Um, but it really will take you a while. I mean, I've been there a million times. I can't count how many times I've been there since I was a kid, but I still spend several hours there just looking around to this day, like each time I go there. Um, so when you get to the visitor center there, they do have a website where you can buy tickets. I do recommend that just because it'll shorten the time of having to wait in line forever. If you're going to, they do have a metal detector. So when you go in, I would suggest not bringing a lot with you. Maybe, you know, your, you know, your wallet, some sunblock. I would wear some sunscreen because part of it's outside. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to get sunburned in Florida. That sucks. You don't want to go through that. Um, You don't want the second degree burns. Yeah. So um, when you first come in uh, and... I want to add the visitor complex has been through a ton of changes over the last 30 to 40 years because I've talked to a few people who are like, man, I haven't been there since the 70s or something. And I'm like, it's completely different. It, number one, it probably cost a lot more. But number two, it's just full of there's just tons of exhibits there now. It's probably a lot different as far as the setup is concerned. But uh, when you walk in, the first thing you see is the rocket garden, which is in Incredible. Um, <laughs> they do have a Saturn 1B like lying down that you can walk by. They have a Titan, uh, a Gemini Titan 2. Uh, they have a Atlas Agena. They have a bunch of like vintage rockets from the good old days. And now they have, I think, a I think it's a Delta 2 now as well. A large, uh, modern looking teal colored rocket. Um, 
it's really amazing. You have to walk through the Rocky Garden because it really gives you a sense of how big these launch vehicles really were and are to this day. Um, yeah. It's amazing. So It's just a fun place to stand as well. It just yeah. it really gets you in the mood, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It's the perfect opener to Kennedy Absolutely. Space Center because it gets you like hyped up. Like I remember yeah. um, my family and I went there a few years ago. My sister and my niece were with me. And when we walked in, they were immediately hyped up. They loved the Rocket Garden. I was like, I that's like the perfect way to begin it is walking yeah. into that. So yeah. that's really cool. So um, another thing that's kind of at the beginning now, uh, this just opened a few years ago, is Heroes and Legends, uh, which has the Astronaut Hall of Fame. It sort of has a little pre-show uh, in it. It has a, a Sigma 7 which was Wally Shiraz uh, capsule. It also has Gemini 9, which was uh, flown in 1966. Yeah, and, it's the anniversary uh, this week. Yeah, the anniversary of the spacewalk yeah, 50, from hell. 55th, yeah. <laughs> anniversary of the worst spacewalk ever. Um, so, yeah, Gemini 9 is there. They also have artifacts from various astronauts there, which is really, which are really fun to see, you know, sort of, you know their their own history and stuff. A few of them have their jackets there, and it's it's yeah. really neat. Yeah, I I love this 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 is new, and this was when I went in 2019. I was really impressed with this. The pre-show uh, is probably it's, the yeah. worst. It, yeah, it's the worst part it's about okay. it. But it's all right. But they try and be a bit too. Uh, the, the the thing about Candy Space and I always say compared to other air and space museums is you have to remember it's also competing with Disney Disney people. People who are going to the amusement parks in Orlando who go, who go, oh, let's go out to Kennedy Space Center for a day. And they have to try and keep up with what goes on there. So you get these kind of dramatic events and, and, and things you don't normally get in other places. Anyway, the actual thing has got some really cool stuff. It's got Gus Grissom's um, Mercury uh, suit as well. Yes, it, it does. I think it is Gus's. It is yeah, Gus's. It's Gus's Mercury suit, which is in great condition. And uh, and I love that display, but I also love what they did with the Gemini, Gemini Nine capsule capsule as well, where they've got the the hologram of yeah. the spacewalk. As you look from one side, you can see Gene floating around it, uh, and, and it's a really cool exhibit. The way they've project, presented that, and Sigma uh, Sigma Seven is attached to a Redstone rocket as well on its side. It's yeah. a wonderful exhibit, and then you end up, you go through, and there are some wonderful per personal artifacts. You said that the, the fighter jet helmet, school reports, really interesting personal artifacts. Um, but then you go through to the Hall of Fame, right? Which is really nice. Yeah, it's nice to see. It's nice to see who's in there and to sort of pay your respects to yeah. them. So it's it's definitely a, a site to visit. Um, net, well, if you really want to, <laughs> there's a gift shop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get in trouble there normally. So, but it's so good. <laughs> it's a really nice gift shop. Um, it's really awesome, and that's all I gotta say. I usually spend money in there, and that's and I get it's in trouble. It's almost a museum into itself as well. It's beautiful with all the patches and all the all the pins. Like I, I just Shirts. I kept going back to it <laughs> when I was there. I was yeah. like, I'm just gonna go and have another look at the patches. <laughs> yeah, I kept. Uh, uh, that's a really bad place for me. That's like one of my like that um, Sephora in the United States. It's a makeup store. There's a few stores that it's like I'm really not allowed to go into. But when I do, Steve's like, oh, you know, because yeah. he's like, you're gonna spend at least fifty minimum in there. Yeah. So yeah, it's rude not to. 
yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's rude not to. Yeah. So when you're done spending a bunch of money at the gift shop, uh, they do have um, the many of the bus tours now because of COVID, unfortunately, are closed. They do have a bus going to the Saturn Five Center now, which uh, I think it was closed for a while. So we'll talk a little bit about the Saturn Five Center. Um, on the way to the Saturn Five Center, when you're on the bus, it takes you past um, the the X thirty seven B hangar and the vehicle assembly building, which is really cool. Uh, if you've never seen that before. You've seen it in pictures. It's the gigantic, uh, sort of rectangular-looking building. It's where they put the Saturn V rocket together. It's where they put the shuttles together and where they're going to put SLS together. Everybody who sees it the first time is just like, what? I mean, it's enormous. I think it's still the uh, largest single-volume, if I'm correct, building in the United States, I think. Every time I see it, I'm still like, oh, my God, that's that. That's a vehicle assembly building. It's really cool. Yeah, and the the flag that's painted on it is the biggest American flag in yep. in the states as well, which gives you some idea because there's some big flags in America. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we like our flags a lot. Yeah, here. yeah you do. Um, I, the, these coach journeys, you have to book them as well, don't you? Or, or you can book them online. I remember I booked booked mine because uh, I I think they they're a little bit more if you do certain tours to you have to pay a little bit extra for those, don't you? Yeah, I don't think they're running any other tours right now, but right. when when they do, uh, I'm sure they'll reopen at some point. They used to have an awesome tour called the Cape Then and Now Tour. I took it a few times, and um, I think it's kind of expensive. I, I wanted, When I did it, I think it was 75 but I recommend it. Um, I would spend the money just because it takes you past all the various launch pads on the Cape side. Uh, many of them are closed. It takes you past the um, Air Force Space and Missile Museum, which is awesome. I'll talk a little bit more about that um, later in the episode and sort of um, discuss that because um, it'll take you past the Explorer launch pad or what's left of the Explorer launch pad. Just, <laughs> I mean, that's just an incredible tour. And when they reopen it, I- I'm definitely going to take it again because that's amazing. I looked into this. I wasn't sure if I was allowed to do it. You know, um, I, I, I hate saying this word is so ugly on my tongue, but I don't know if they let foreign nationals take it. Yeah, I think it's residents only. There definitely yeah. was one tour that it said I couldn't do because you needed to have ID or something like that, which you know it's fine. It's a military base, whatever. I, I get probably because it. it's it was a, a shame because I think it was that one. I really want to do it because of, of the, some of the historic places it goes by, but. You know, yeah, I just have to save up for my residency green card, won't I, just to do it? <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I think that's kind of silly, but um, yeah. It, it if if you are you know if you're a, a U.S. citizen and you're able to take that tour when it reopens, if if it reopens, I'm sure it will soon. Um, I would definitely take it. That's a really incredible tour. And if you're not a U.S. citizen, just check before you book. <laughs> don't spend yeah. the money before you book that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, don't. But waste the 75 if you can't do it um yeah yeah, so back to the saturn 5 building though eventually um the bus will take you after you go past the vehicle assembly building um you're probably going to see some eagles and some gators as well because that whole area is like a nature preserve as well um which is kind of cool but uh the saturn 5 center is where you'll get to and it is uh really amazing uh, they've added a lot of new stuff since I last went there. Obviously, they have the Saturn V. They have sort of a pre-show. 
which is like, um, I don't want to spoil it too much for y'all who haven't seen it, but it sort of replicates what it was like when the Saturn Vs were launching. Um, it has, it has ev- like anything Apollo you're interested in, it has it. Um, it has uh, Apollo 14, the command module. It has, um, if you like spacesuits, it has spacesuits there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, they've added a few new things in the last few years. They've added um, the, an Apollo 1 memorial, which is really moving. Stunning. Absolutely yeah. stunning. Yeah. The, I saw it a couple of weeks ago when I went there again because I hate this sounds awful. I kind of avoid it. I've seen it one time previously, but I kind of avoid it just because it is so emotional and it's mm. very like sobering because they have the clock. And it's set at that time. And it's like when I see the first time I saw that, I mean, just chills. I have chills just thinking about it now because you're just like, oh, my God, that's horrible. It really brings it back. Like and I I mean, I wasn't alive then, but it really makes you think. And um, it has a lot of the personal effects of the guys who were supposed to fly that mission. And it sort of explains the history of, uh, you know, what happened to that area after Apollo 1. Um, so it's really it's really neat to see if you're into that. Um, they've added holograms of astronauts to sort of explain things, and they've added three astronauts. They've added Charlie Duke, uh, Jim Lovell, and Al Warden, who passed away last year. Uh, I can't wait to see this. This is the bit that this is new since I was there. This sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah, when I saw Al, I actually shrieked because <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, there he is!" I could I could just put my arms around him again. It was wonderful, and it's like you realize like nobody ever goes away forever, you know. Yeah. Hey, fun fact about that—he's wearing his lunar replicas uh, jacket in in that hologram. Yeah, he looked he looked Shout great. Out to Max. Yeah, yeah, he looked great. I mean, I, I it's just weird. It's just weird because it's like even though he's been gone over a year, it's like he's not gone. It's so weird. Like he pops up, he's still popping up, you know, which is nice. (laughs) He's never going away, which is really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Long may they keep them. It's such, so important as well to have the story told and explained by people who did it and who were there. I think it's such a great idea. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And it's nice to have that in place now since, um, COVID happened. We can't have these guys, at a lot of events anymore, you know. I mean, they're in their 80s, levels in his 90s. Yeah. So, um, I understand if they're staying home. <laughs> yeah. You know, I totally get it. And um, it's nice to see, you know, the the holograms, even though it sort of brings you closer to, oh, this is what the real person is like, you know. So, I really, I really loved it. Yeah, especially when you're standing underneath a rocket, which is so huge and impressive, and they rode that thing. So, that's really wonderful. You can't, appreciate how big this Saturn V rocket is until you're standing right there. Now, there's various artifacts all the way down uh, the length of the rocket as well. There's some great things, but there's a little room off to the side. Now, it's signposted Treasures of Apollo or something like that, and uh, it's like a big vault door, like a bank safe door. Yeah. And behind that, you have Kitty Hawk, the Apollo 14 command module, which is possibly the most beautifully lit command module of anyone that's in any museum. Yeah. It's so well it lit is nice. and presented. It's not behind a plexiglass or anything like that. So you can really see everything. And so it's just delightful. Also within that room, they just have the most incredible artifacts from the Apollo era. And my criticism of some museums is that they put too much on display 
uh, and it's impossible to get to the bottom of the story of everything. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you don't have the time to physically appreciate every item. But this one part of, of the museum, bearing in mind Kennedy Space and Ad is one of those museums that has so much there and is a bit overwhelming. This one room, they've just got it absolutely right. You go in there and there is a reverence about every single item that is in there. It's just amazing. I won't spoil everything that's in there. Obviously, you've got, the, as we said, the command module. We've got Alan, Alan Shepard's moon suit. Which is incredible, yeah. and you've got Jim Lovell's Apollo thirteen yeah. garment, and there's there's pieces of Aquarius, the Apollo uh, thirteen lunar module. You know that that only bits they pulled out and and preserved. So this place is a really special, and don't miss it. If you're underneath that rocket and you see the vault, go in there. It's amazing. You have to see this part. Yeah, it's it really is. Uh, I like what you said about Apollo fourteen because I've seen quite a few command modules. And some of them, uh, and I'm not passing judgment because some of them have been hollowed out, uh, you know, and their parts maybe have been given to other museums and stuff like that. But um, Apollo 14 has pretty much all of its, from what I can see inside, it has a lot of its original hardware. So if you're into that, you might want to go look at that. So yeah. I'm I'm into that. <laughs> There's also another gift shop there, Emily. Yes, there is. It's the right stuff <laughs> gift shop. So yeah, if you want to buy more things there, there's plenty of stuff to buy there. And um, absolutely, more ways to spend your hard-earned cash. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and there's uh, there's a lovely garden outside now as well with some statues, which is well worth looking at. It's a new statue, in fact. Uh, but then you've got to get the bus back to mm-hmm. the main uh, space center, the main visitor center. Now, the thing that makes these tours is the drivers. The drivers are amazing. Yeah. They have such good stories. Whether they're true or not is irrelevant. <laughs> they're just really entertaining. I think they are, but they're really entertaining. They know their stuff. They know about the wildlife in the area. So they're always pointing stuff out to you and making making it interesting what is just essentially a, a, could be Otherwise, a drive from along a road with some green stuff around you to the big building over there. Um, yeah, it, it it's at no point are you bored. It's a it's a good fun thing to do, and then the drivers really make it. So tip your drivers more money. <clears throat> yeah, the drivers are really cool. Usually, a lot of people they employ at Kennedy Space Center. Um, a lot of them are in a lot of the docents that they have there who are volunteers uh, are previous. Uh, they're NASA workers. I mean, right. that whole area. Yeah. Everyone has pretty much a connection in NASA. But one time I was eating breakfast and I was wearing some shirt and some guy was like, Hey, I'm former NASA. And we, we just talked for like 30 minutes and it was amazing. It was nuts. And it was like, yeah, it's like that in that area. Everybody there is part of, was part of the program at some point. Most people. Okay. Jimmy eight. Uh, we have cam solid. You're looking good on the ground. Go ahead and talk. So when you take the bus back to the regular, to the visitor center, um, uh, the next thing you might want to see is Atlantis, the space shuttle. There is like a area you enter, um, they play this very moving film, and then there's kind of this reveal of Atlantis, and you have to see that. Um, it's very moving. Uh, I The first time I saw it, was when the day it opened. I was there the day it opened in 2013, and I was not expecting to freak out as much as I did. It was just perfect, I thought. I was like, oh, oh my God. It was really awesome. I may have told you this story, and I may have shared it on this podcast. I don't know. But my story of entering that, so as you approach the building, you've got uh, replica solid rocket boosters and 
external tank stack without the shuttle on. So you walk under there and then you're going into the building, right? Mm-hmm. Now, my experience of seeing a shuttle before was Endeavour where you just go into the hangar and it's there, which yeah. is amazing, right? I was like this. I'm lo- and that was what I was, ex- I was expecting to go through the doors and it'd be behind the doors. And I was trying to document the whole of my trip and make sure I could go back and look at it. So I had this little GoPro and I was prepared to walk through the doors. And then I realized straight away, okay, this isn't it. And it makes you walk all the way around and these ramps and go up and up and up and up. And there's inspiring quotes on the wall and all this kind of stuff. I was like, okay, I get it. So we're now going to go and get to the top, go through some doors and then there it'll be fine. Get to the top and no, we have to wait. And there's a countdown timer. And I'm like, oh, okay, right. Okay, I get it now. Right, so waiting for it to get to zero. Gets to zero, I'm expecting the doors to open, and they don't open. Right, so now I'm getting now I'm getting frustrated. Now I'm like, oh, God, I just, just want to... i got so much to squeeze into this day. I just want to see this shuttle right now. Just just want to see yeah. it, right? <sighs> Do- so in the end, a little old lady comes out and lets us all in, really lovely. And we go through, and I'm like, okay, here's the sh- we're going to go through, and we're going to see the shuttle? No. You're into this room and there's some <laughs> there's some screens. Oh right, we've got oh, of course we've got to compete with Disney. Got there's got to be a movie, right? <laughs> there's okay. gotta be a thing, yeah. Yep. So you have to watch this video and it's about the origins of the space shuttle and how it all started and it's quite a nice video and then it finishes and some doors open. So I get my camera ready again, thinking I'm about to walk through and see the shuttle and no, walk through to another bit with some immersive screens. Now this is really quite wonderful experiences in the end, but I was standing there disappointed. So this video starts playing and it dawns on me that there's going to be a reveal. The music was building up. So I think that it's going to be real. So I turn my camera on just at the right moment and you can hear the point the reveal happens. You can hear the air sucked out of my lungs. This reveal is just ridiculous. And I was standing there sobbing (laughs) and it completely (laughs) got me. It absolutely completely got me. Uh, and having gone through all the disappointment of thinking, this is rubbish, this is rubbish, just get on with it, just get on with it, to be delivered that punch was amazing. They absolutely got me. <laughs> they did, yeah. They did. They got me too. So, yeah, there I am standing there. I wait for everyone else to go through, get my photo, trying to sort myself out a little bit, uh, and I go through. Now, this is an experience not everyone's going to have, but I was very lucky on this day. Uh, there was plenty of people around for the gala that night at, at Kennedy Space Center for the Apollo 11 anniversary. And uh, I'm standing there and I look left and I see one of the Kelly brothers. It was Mark Kelly, the one of the twins who uh, who have been on many space shuttle flights. I was like, oh my God, there's an astronaut who has flown in one of these things. He hadn't actually been in that one, but still. And I just went up and I asked him if I could have a photo. And he looked at me and just felt really sorry for me because my eyes were just so puffy. <laughs> anyway he took the photo and I turned around and realised he probably shouldn't have done because he was doing some kind of private tour anyway lovely to have a little experience like that as well this exhibit this reveal is worth the price of admission on itself forget yes. the fact you've got the amazing Saturn Five Centre as well which is amazing just this one bit if that was all you got you would be happy with your day I agree yeah and I mean if you're into the space shuttle I'm kind of obsessed with it um it really kind of takes you the the whole exhibit really shows things from sort of the whole era it has the uh, glider that max Faget developed that sort of doesn't look like the shuttle as we know it but it kind of the original concept the concept yeah it has the concept um it has a, a 
a mock i think a not a mock-up i think it's a real they have an rs25 engine which was the mm. space shuttle engine that's sort of just on its side which is really cool to see uh to this day i'm sort of like how did they get that thing to work yeah and there's an upper and lower level so you can look at the shuttle sort of you know an in-flight vantage point and yeah. then at the bottom you can look at the tiles which is I can't believe they put tiles on something that big, you know, and to this yeah. day. You get to see all of it. That's the that's the beautiful thing about how it's presented, that you don't get to miss any of it other than the interior. Yeah, it's just mind-blowing. And there is a um, another tribute area down there that, oh, uh, dedicated to, to uh, Columbia and Challenger. That's kind of heavy. I do have to warn you for you to see it because um, there are pieces of debris from both the, the final missions in there. Yeah, they suck you with that a little bit. If you go in there, be sort of careful, just emotionally. It's yeah. it's it's kind of yeah, it's, it's hard, very heavy. Yeah, yeah. I think it's made harder by the fact that you're standing underneath a full shuttle orbiter, massive. It's huge. It's uh, incredible. It's powerful. And you turn a corner, and there are two pieces of rubble of what's left of two other orbiters. Uh, yes, and that's really tough to see. Um, you know, you, you get the full impact of how horrible that must have been. Uh, obviously, but it's not done distastefully. No, this is actually done. This this tribute is done very tastefully. So, yeah, heads up on that. Definitely see it. There's some wonderful pieces of personal items from all of the astronauts that unfortunately were on board those uh, those those space shuttles. But yeah, it's hard. Up here where the blue sky turns to black, we can say at long last to Dick, Mike, Judy, to Ron and Al, and to Krista and Greg. Dear friends, we have resumed the journey that we promised to continue for you. Dear friends, your loss has meant that we could confidently begin anew. Dear friends, your spirit and your dream are still alive in our hearts. Before we get onto the surrounding areas, I've got a couple other Kennedy Space Center things. When you drive into it, so when you drive onto the island, onto Merritt Island, and mm-hmm. you can see the vehicle assembly building, and you can also see some of the, the rocket, you know, there's a redstone ahead, you can see the, the, yeah. the shuttle stack the shuttle. outside the shuttle uh, exhibit, as I talked about, and the rocket garden. Don't get too distracted and miss the turning for the car park yeah, like yeah. I did. Because what happens then is if you go, especially there early in the morning, like I was, you're in the, like, and this is one of the reasons I got distracted. I assumed all these cars were going to the visitor center. I forgot that this is a working base. It is. I was in a traffic jam with these people and assuming that I was going with them to the visitor center. No, I wasn't. They were going to work. And we got to a military checkpoint and there's me, an English boy in my hire car going, I think I'm in the wrong place. (laughs) And oh, they had no. to stop the traffic and stop everything so I could turn around and go back. Oh no. Yeah, it is a <laughs> So yeah, don't don't miss the turning by being distracted by everything that's around us is really cool. And that's really easy to do because so back easy in the to day debar, clearly I did it. <laughs> back in the No, it is because back back in the day, back probably a few years ago, the turn used to be where the Atlantis building was. Yeah, so you right. got pretty much almost to that checkpoint and turned in. Yeah, and now, and now it's a bit earlier. Yes. Yeah, they moved the egg. They moved the entry, so it's a little different now. 
So yeah, yeah I'll, it, I'll pretend that's the reason I got it wrong then, because yeah, as a <laughs> child, I'll remember going past it when I was sitting in the back seat. Clearly, um, but yeah, that's, uh, yeah. That's, I've only I've only gone into the checkpoint area once, and it was because I uh, I was a journalist, and I was and I actually had a credential to get back there, which was so freaking cool. Nice. But that's pro- I don't know if that's ever going to happen again because launches usually don't coincide with a day off. But um, that was freaking awesome being like, yeah, here's my badge. Yeah, <laughs> it's my badge. Just uh, <laughs> yeah, let me yeah, let me in. Like you're so part. like you're yeah, like you're cool or something. Like I felt so cool at that moment. That was the last time I felt cool. Mm. So. Well, you've always been cool to me, Emily. Anyway, there's obviously, there's a few other little things at the at the center as well you can do. There's, they've got a, an exhibit and, and they're building a new exhibit as well. Which, but there's an exhibit with some of the new newer spacecraft, which have either not launched with people in or whatever. So they've got the Boeing Starliner there that was used for one of the tests. They've got yeah. a, a, a SpaceX Dragon cargo capsule and things like that there. Uh, and they're all, all in the building, I think, that uh, is where the IMAX theatre is as well. So yeah. if you're there and you've got a bit of time, catch, catch and you, you know, if you're doing a whole week, like two days, why not catch one of the IMAX movies as well? Because they're all pretty cool. And I think they did, and it might not be happening at the moment because of, because of everything, but um, you can often book to have lunch with an astronaut as well, uh, which I, I, I didn't do, but... They're not doing it now, but I, hopefully they'll restart at some point, so... Um, yeah, they used to have like astronaut lectures there, which was really cool. Nice. I hope we go back to that. I, I've yeah, seen, yeah, yeah. I've seen, and when oh, this sounds so bad, a lot of unfortunately we've lost a lot of Apollo people in the last few years. But I mean, it, there was nothing like going there and seeing like Al speak, Al Warden speak, or Jerry Carr speak, or somebody yeah. you know from that era speak, and it's like, oh my god, it's just. That was really yeah. special. I don't think people realize how special it was because it was it was free with admission. Yeah, that's just crazy. Anyway, let's now uh, have a brief discussion about the surrounding area. When you go, do you always stay at the same place or do you uh, mix it up a bit? I mix it up. Uh, I I have a do have a travel card, uh, so uh, I have when I do stay there, I use points at whatever hotel is uh, cheapest, hopefully. Uh, but there are a lot of decent hotels in the area. Um, I do have to say Titusville is cheaper than Cape Canaveral and Cocoa Beach. If you want to yeah. do that route, and there's a lot of decent hotels on. They're not five star hotels, but they'll they're not bad. It, it is more expensive if you stay in the Cape or Cocoa Beach, but there's a lot of hotels there. Have um, you ever stayed at La Quinta Inn, the, the 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 place in Cocoa Beach where the Mercury guys used to used to stay? I think I have stayed at the yeah, I have stayed at the I think it's La Quinta Inn. I yeah, have okay. stayed there before. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's a, you wouldn't know that. I think I have no. stayed there though. You wouldn't know that. No, I think I have stayed there before. I've stayed at a few sort of hotels at um Cocoa Beach that have that vibe from the era, yeah. and I love it. It's so yeah, cool. Yeah. I feel I, 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 something I want to do at some point. I know it's a bit of a trap, uh, but it just feels like it has to be done. Yeah, I, I've stayed at those just because I kind of was like, I have to go there just to yeah. see what it's like. Yeah, you know, and I'll, and just, I, I'll just pretend I'm in Gus Grissom's room. You know, yeah, I'll just pretend <laughs> exactly. You know, and I don't know. It's just I, I like I'm such a loser. I like to imagine that I'm in that era still, even though if I was in that era, I probably wouldn't have any rights. So. <laughs> 
so let's move on. <laughs> yeah, let's talk, let's talk about Titusville. You talked about Titusville as, uh, as being a good yes. place to stay. Now, there's a few things to see in Titusville as well, which is uh, worth checking out. So there's the there's the American Space Museum and Walk of Fame. Now, this is a real... The museum is so, so good. It's a tiny little place in the centre of town. Uh, it's I think it's a donation-based entry, but do yeah, the donation. Like, yeah, because it's like it, five it, or ten bucks. Yeah, it was. I think it was like yeah, I think it was nine dollars that they they suggested, but they weren't forcing it on you. Yeah, but why would you not? Because they've got some incredible stuff, and all of the volunteers in there were so so good. They were so helpful and had so many stories. Again, all of them had either worked on the base or worked for NASA at some point, and they all had stories and. They all knew because people like Fred Hayes go in there and help out and 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 went where possible. They all had personal stories from those guys to share as well. But it's a wonderful museum that's kind of got a, a load of really cool artifacts in, like the the hatch from the Mercury capsule that yes. blew up and stuff like that. It's, it, it's amazing. Some of the stuff they've got in there is wonderful. It is. It's a really one of a kind. And like you said, if you can go there, please donate to them and please. Uh, Check them out. They do also have a gift shop. It's not yeah. bad if you are interested yeah. in that. And um, they have a lot. Like a like you said, they have stuff that I'd, I've never seen there. That's just, it's very rare. And it's like, wow, I've never seen this. This is so freaking cool. Yeah, they've got Gus's uh, flight suit and things like yeah. that, haven't they? And it's just, it's just great. Yeah, it's something to know. Like, he, I could actually fit into that thing. That's nuts. Like, he was, yeah. he was not a very big person. So I was like, oh, my God, I could fit into that. That's so cool. It's really awesome. And of course, the Spacewalk of Fame is really cool as well. Um, it's outside, but it has sort of dedications to each astronaut and each mission. But um, it's really worth taking some time and just walking around the area, maybe taking pictures of everything. That's what I yeah. did uh, the first yeah. time I went there. So, so I, I got the night I arrived, it was late was dark and i was went out into titusville to look for some food and i just stumbled upon it i didn't know it was there the, the whole wow. I, I knew the museum there but i didn't really know about the, the water i just parked my car up, was like hang on what's that oh amazing i know where you went that's the sad part i know exactly where you were in the area because i've done the same thing i've gone down there for, there for food i'm hungry yeah and you just yeah. end up in the like in the walk of fame and you're like okay yeah this is good yeah, fine, fine. I'll, I'll be hungry that's fine you know and and the, uh, it, it, you can as you walk down to the to the to the, the the water you can see the vehicle assembly building and the launch pads in the distance apparently this is a good place to watch a launch from it is perfect know, but yeah uh, it's probably quite difficult imagine it's a nightmare on on launch day getting a spot but uh i have watched a launch there before uh, i actually launched uh, launched I actually, <laughs> wa I wish I'd launched. I uh, actually watched uh, STS-133 from there, which nice. was, it was, I mean, it was packed, but it was incredible, and um, I don't regret a thing. It was amazing. It was, yeah, that was over 10 years yeah. ago. Oh, my God. Okay, so this this next thing that I wanted to ask you about, because I, I didn't have time to do this, and I'm again, I'm not sure if I can, is the Air Force Base and uh, a Missile Museum, so the, the Sands uh, museum you mentioned it earlier um there is a museum at the before the military checkpoint uh called the sands history center you probably would have been able to go in there but it's very yeah. it's sort of a very general museum showing like all the different launch pads and it does have have um it does have some hardware in there if you're interested in that so it's kind of a nice familiarization if you're going to visit the base or if you're interested in the base and i think you probably could have gone in there yeah. Um, 
if you go on the base and I think you can book, I think you have to schedule tours now. There is a website and I think it's by, you know, schedule only. Uh, if they're actually doing them right now, I'm not even, I'm not even sure if they are, but I think you have to book them. But, um, if you get past the military checkpoint and you can get, and you can do a tour, there is the space, um, air force space and missile museum, which has a bunch of incredible stuff. It has, uh, sort of a tribute to a lot of the (laughs) bad Bobby type stuff, you know, dinosaur X 20. And it has a, a mole, uh, the Gemini mole capsule in there, which is really with the heat shield that's been drilled through. Yes. It's really cool. If you can get on that side and see that stuff, I highly recommend it. It's very exciting if you're into that kind mm. of stuff. Yeah, it's annoying that I don't think I'll be able to do that. I'm sure there must be places that, that you can't get in as well. Don't get arrested doing this, but if you're in the <laughs> area, if you go to um, another place I have to recommend as far as food is concerned is uh, Zarella's. And this is not an advertisement. I was not paid to say this um zarella's in cape canaveral has amazing italian food if you go there if you take the um if you take a a1a back to like the titusville area and just instead of taking the titusville exit you take the Merritt island exit i think that's route three or something like that number big number three shows up if you take that and um you follow the right signs uh like i do you can drive past the Blue Origin building. Don't go in the Blue... Don't go past the gate. Um, don't try to make it too conspicuous that you're there. Just drive by it kind of slowly, and it's amazing. <laughs> um, the reason why I say that is because I think... So, I heard a story that somebody tried to get a tour in there and just got bounced out. Like, they literally <laughs> drove up there, and the guards were like, what are you doing? You yeah. know, like... But um, if you can drive by it slowly... <laughs> and not get arrested um it's really cool to look at it's huge uh they got a big they got a rocket i think and a capsule in the lobby and if you drive past it at night you can get a really good uh visual of it just don't get arrested top tip there and talking of top tips you you mentioned zarellas there but let's talk the serious serious business now what are the best restaurants in town there's great restaurants everywhere i mean there's a good ones in titusville there's a i before I left last week, there's a really, I, this is not an ad. I didn't get paid for this. Uh, there's a restaurant called El Leoncito, the little lion, and they have the best Mexican food ever. And <laughs> nice. it's really okay. f- freaking good. It's on Route 1. There's a lot of good food in the area. Like I said, Zare- if you go to the Cape, there's Zarellas. Um, I know there's a, I forgot the place's name. It's by where the Moon Hut used to be. Uh, there's a really good Mexican joint in the cape as well i know i know where it is but i don't know the name of it it's <laughs> i know it's one of those joints where i'm like i know what it is but i don't know what its <laughs> name is but it's freaking awesome so you yeah. gotta it's really good um i hope it's still open i didn't go there last week but um it, it's really good um I, mean, I remember when we were kids one thing we would do is we would tie it in with a, a, a you know going to the beach as well um, yeah you know stay overnight go 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 and also hang out at beach and, and obviously coco beach and, and not too far from Daytona beach if you go north but uh, a bit further of a drive but coco beach is lovely and there's even an al shepherd beach uh yeah <laughs> by coco beach side isn't there so uh I, that's I don't kind know of why frightening. I got a beach 
Yeah, I don't know why he got a beach named after him, but he did. Uh, apparently, it's lovely. <laughs> it's right by Ron John's surf shop as well. Yeah, which, uh, it is. I know where you're talking about. Maybe he threw up there once or something. <laughs> I don't know. He got drunk and, and they're like, let's name it after him. But that, I don't that know. world famous surf shop is, and it really is world famous. You see people wearing t shirts from yes. that place all over the world, and uh, and there it is. And it's, it's massive. Huge. It's absolutely massive. And, they get, and they've got some good space t shirts in there as well. So they if you do. Want to spend more money. Uh, <laughs> you yeah. can get some stuff in there. The beach is nice. It's nice to stay in the area at night and sort of take a walk. I like taking a walk by the beach at like night, sort of when it's yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the fun part. But um, yeah, Ron John's is huge. Uh, I don't know if they're doing this now. They used to be open twenty four hours a day, so it could be like two a.m. and you get bored and you just head over there <laughs> and just <laughs> nice. hang out. It's massive. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah, that's what I would do. I would just be like, man, I'm. I want to do something, but nothing's open. Yeah. yeah. I'm go to Ron John's and that's I get a t-shirt. So yeah. Get a t-shirt. Yeah. Get some earrings or, a, you know, some exactly. sunblock or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I've heard that the beach is good as well. I don't know if you ever watched a launch from down at the beach, but I know a few people yeah. have done that and, and that's an alternative as well. Yeah. Um, I'm sh- there's gotta be a website out there with different, uh, good sites to uh, view launches yeah. from. I mean, that's, that's a whole that, uh, launch day. Cape Canaveral is probably a whole other show, which I didn't really want to go into, but exactly. Uh, yeah. That's a whole episode on its own. Um, yeah. there are certainly a lot of nice areas to watch launches from in the area. Like I said, there's, there's decent parts in Titusville, Cape Canaveral and Cocoa beach to watch launches from where you can get a pretty decent vantage point and get to see everything unless it's raining or not raining or bad out or cloudy. Yeah. But we'll we'll talk about that another time, I'm sure. But yeah, one one final point for me is just make sure you check what is going on at the Cape because I was very lucky when I was there last because it was, as I said, the anniversary of the Apollo 11 launch. Christina, I think, as uh, Christina Corp had arranged this whole gala, which I couldn't get tickets to, and it was far too expensive anyway. But also, there was a yeah, I remember there was a concert at the Rocket Garden in Kennedy Space Center, and it was Duran Duran, and it, it was, was I remember this. It was amazing. I haven't been to Kennedy Space too too many times because obviously it's so far away. But there's something so wonderful about being there, and it's particularly that Rocket Garden. I'm, I'm going to end this where we started. That, that, that Rocket Garden is almost. It's something spiritual about walking around that place. I don't know what it is. It's just it so is. calming and zen. And they had all the all the different rockets lit up in different ways. And and to to watch a musical performance in that setting at night, and there was a full moon. It was just delightful. So do keep an eye out for special events if you're planning a thing. Just it's worth before you you plan your t- your days, just going on the website and seeing if there are any special things going on because the. It's a special place. It's a it special, special place. And if you can exactly. get a special experience and, you know, for, for me, it was great. I, You know, hearing Duran Duran's in Ordinary World at Kennedy Space and in front of the Rocket Garden was just the most beautiful thing. One of the most beautiful moments of my life. Uh, but anyway, Kennedy Space Center. Yeah, go. Please go. Yeah. <laughs> and we haven't yeah. been paid. We just bought, we just love the we place. We just like of going there. You do. It's it's the yeah. metaphor, isn't it? It's like my Disney, like I, yeah. I it's like Disney World to me. I'd like to I'd like to go to Epcot again. I haven't been there in freaking yeah, I haven't again. been there in freaking like over 20 years. Yeah, honestly. 97 was the last time I went there. 2000 I was there when I was I was yeah. That was the last time I was there, but I'd I'd love to go to Epcot because it's kind of got that we're in the future vibe. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, but uh, nothing against Disney, but 
KSC is like my Disney, so I could yeah. spend days and days there. And I, I was like, I love all the people that go to Disney. They're all dressed up like with the Minnie Mouse stuff. That's how I am at KSC. Like I'm wearing a rock. Everything's got a rocket on it, you know? Yeah. So that that's, yeah, that's sort of my equivalent to Disney. So go there. Enjoy it. We've had three launches since our last recording. On Wednesday, May 26, SpaceX launched a Falcon 9 with some more of their Starlink satellites. On Friday, May 28, StarSem, who according to their website, uh, which really needs an update, are the uh, Soyuz company. <laughs> it really does need an update. It's so old. <laughs> GeoCities. Um, yeah, basically. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, they launched a Soyuz 2.1B. Uh, with some OneWeb satellites, and to break away from the broadband satellite launches on Saturday, May 29th, China Aerospace Science and Technology Corporation, or CASC, launched a Long March 7 rocket, which was a cargo flight bound for the new space uh, Chinese space station Tiangong-1. I'll be putting details of these launches as well as videos in our show notes found in your podcast provider, under the episode title or on our website, spaceandthingspodcast.com. Now, there have been a lot of little stories over the last few weeks, which sometimes are difficult to cover, but we're just going to do it today. And some of them are quite political as well. So this is all following the approval in the Senate, US Senate, of Bill Nelson as the new NASA administrator. And this, these little stories have just caught my eye ever since. So he made some statements in his acceptance speech and in other speeches since uh, about the risk of the threat of China's space program to the US. Now, as a result of this, we've even been contacted by a PR company uh, for a book which is about to be published about the start of the space race in the 60s, where they are suggesting that the threat of a Cold War with China is a talking point which they want to use to promote this book. Now, I'm an outsider in the terms of the US, obviously, so this is my opinion. It seems to me that Bill Nelson is playing the politics game here in order to try and secure more funding for NASA. Now, more funding for NASA, great, but he's definitely playing a game. And he's doing this because he knows that many American citizens take the superiority of the country in areas like spaceflight very seriously. And we see this online a lot, even in posts about fictional TV shows, anything where another country does something, you we'll see a fair amount of comments from Americans saying, oh, Americans are the best. Fine. Okay, cool. But he's using this language and the rhetoric that China is a threat to make it easier for senators to vote for a budget increase. Uh, Now, I may have this wrong, but this is what it looks like to me as someone from the outside. Um, Now, I've expressed many times before, and again, my opinions here, all over this. This is all me all over this, but this kind of language makes me uncomfortable. And sure, yeah, we got the Apollo program from that first space race, but do we really need to be promoting the idea of any conflict right now, like hot or cold? Uh, Do we need that in order to, to move forward with spaceflight? In my mind, there has to be a better, more peaceful way, which brings people together to do this rather than tearing them apart. But, you know, maybe maybe that's just me. I'm an idealist. Which actually brings us uh, to another piece of news. South Korea became the 10th country to sign the Artemis Accords. This is a document which proposes a set of principles for the responsible exploration of the moon. 
Other countries who have signed up so far are the United States, Australia, Canada, Italy, Japan, Luxembourg, Ukraine, the United Kingdom, and the United Arab Emirates. The president of South Korea is called Moon Jae-in, and the whole country is definitely stepping up uh, their own plans to explore the moon, uh, the place, that is. Otherwise, (laughs) that's a whole different podcast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They've recently declared that they intend on sending their first lander to the moon by 2030. I think they should send President Moon to the moon, personally. Yes! They're missing a trick if they don't. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> and while we're talking about moon landers, there have been plenty of development in the Artemis Human Lander Program. So you may remember that we've reported about SpaceX winning the $2.9 billion contract with their Starship rocket to provide the landing surf services for NASA's Artemis program, and that the two competitors, Dynetics and Blue Origin, filed complaints about this result on the grounds that NASA originally said that two companies would be picked to go forward at this stage. Now, NASA have said that their budget restraints prevented this from happening. Well, there have been some discussions in the US Senate about this, with two different resolutions being added to the Endless Frontier Act. That's such a great name for an act. Uh, One from Maria Cantwell, who is a senator in the Blue Origin home state of Washington, who wants to add some money to have the competition restored. And one from Bernie Sanders, the senator from Vermont, who wants to eliminate, as he calls it, the multi-billion dollar Bezos bailout. Blue Origin being that company of Amazon founder billionaire Jeff Bezos. So it's unlikely we'll know the outcome of these complaints against uh, this contract going to SpaceX until August but this is going to go on, run on, and in my opinion, again, I'm putting my opinions all over this, it's <laughs> not going to paint anyone in a good light. Uh, while I understand that competition is good for business and projects like this to ensure the best outcome and that we've got good, robust spacecraft, uh, having to go through this process to ensure competition is probably doing more damage to the program in the public eye than the gains that the competition could add. Again, it's totally my opinion, but this this is a really weird, the way this is all playing out in public just doesn't sit right with me too much. Yeah, it's kind of negative. Um, so negative. We don't want negative about yeah. this. It should just be supported yeah. anyway. No, I, I totally understand. I get it. Also, talking about the moon in positive collaboration, yes. Canada have announced, friendly Canada, have an- <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, have announced they're sending a rover to the moon by 2026. The Canadian Space Agency is going to select two companies to develop concepts for the rover, which will head to one of the poles on the moon to deliver some science experiments and also try and survive a whole lunar night, which is about four Earth, 14, I'm sorry, Earth days. Uh, talking of moon rovers, Lockheed Martin and GM are teaming up to build an astronaut car for the moon for potential use on the Artemis program. Uh, there currently isn't a NASA contract on the line for this, but there will be at some point. And these two giant companies have joined together to try and put themselves at the front of the line. Uh, The vehicle they're working on will be fully electric, and the first iteration will most likely seat two astronauts. Yeah, see, positive stories of collaboration. That's what we like. That's what we like. Anyway, meanwhile, on Mars, the Curiosity rover has been sending back photos of some wonderful cloud formations on the planet. Although this is not a new discovery, the clouds have appeared earlier in the Martian year than previously, and they also seem to be higher in the sky, which could suggest that unlike the earlier discoveries, these clouds are not made up of water ice, but carbon dioxide ice instead. I'm really looking forward to seeing how all this develops and and what it could mean for the future of human exploration of the planet. So lots of uh, exciting things there. But 
Also, the sick flight of the Ingenuity helicopter ran into some problems, but it did manage to survive. 54 seconds into the flight, there was a glitch which interrupted the navigation images and a single image was lost. The knock-on effect of this was that the algorithm which was used to then figure out where it was and where it was going was not in sync. So the helicopter ended up performing some very strange manoeuvres. Fortunately, despite this, it did manage to show some ingenuity, see what it did there, (laughs) and landed just five metres from its original target. Often, there is a lot more to be learnt from a flight where there are problems than perfect flights, so I'm sure the people at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory are thrilled that they've got all this data and that the helicopter also survived. And I'm sure they're working hard to solve the problem and make this helicopter even better and use that for future missions as well. Absolutely. Uh, The International Space Station had another close call with space junk. Uh, The robotic arm, which is used to keep the station maintained, was struck by a small object. A small hole was discovered in the arm during a routine inspection on May 12th. But after careful analysis, the Canadian Space Agency, who provided the arm, have said that the performance is unaffected with the damage limited to a small section of the arm boom and thermal blanket. I really hope we don't see a catastrophic incident at the station, but I'm also wondering how these things will be looked at um, without serious incident, and will any space junk removal project receive the funding that it rightfully deserves? I'd like to think being proactive rather than reactive would be better in this scenario. Yeah, it it does feel like we're we're just doomed to have a disaster on this soon, aren't we? Um, Uh, I hope not. That that would... There was a lot of stuff up there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's stuff up there from back in the 60s. So, yeah, you know. But, um, yeah, the, the, the images of this is pretty crazy. You know. It is. And, and of course, that, oh, yeah. that will be in the show notes. Uh, so, and finally, um, lots of news this week. But, and finally, a new documentary has started screening on Paramount Plus called Woman in Motion, Nichelle Nichols, Star Trek and the Remaking of NASA. And quite frankly, I really want to watch it. So I'm going to have to figure out how to get Paramount+. Plus. I don't know how to get it. Yeah, I need to look into this. The documentary covers the it. 1975 astronaut campaign targeting women and minorities, which features Nichols. This sounds like something you could also do as part of your new blog series. Yes, uh, you're, you're on to something. Yeah. Absolutely. I did want to write about something like about that and that whole era uh, I'll, I'll try to keep this short because that was really a time where you know people at nasa you know even guys men within the agency like you know george abbey and john young those were both two of the whitest guys you can imagine yeah <laughs> but they really wanted they really were dedicated to okay we need to get people that don't look like us into this program yeah nasa really made a great decision in getting somebody who was very relatable to like Nichelle Nichols uh, to appeal to all sorts of people to get in the program. Yeah, it was a it was genius uh, moment in my opinion. In fact, I would call it an iconic moment. Uh, yes. And I'm sure that we're still feeling the benefits of that campaign. I'm sure that this kind of documentary will both show us how far we've come and also how far is left to go. But I just I really can't wait to watch it. And it's it's a bit annoying that it's, something like this is is behind yet another different paywall streaming service. But alas. <laughs> I know. They know how to get people like me on board. So (laughs) I'm going to have to hunt that down. 
Yeah, me too. I definitely want to see it. Yeah, I remember. I'll, I'll, I'll post the trailer in the show notes because I remember when I first saw the trailer, I sent it to you and I was like, oh my God, it looks it's, amazing. It looks so good. It looks right up. My, it looks right up our alley. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. SpaceX Dragon, we're go for launch. Let's light this candle. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. Uh, this last week, we've been lining up our guest for the next few months. Uh, we've got a whole host of people from astronauts to scientists to historians to artists. And uh, it's been really exciting putting it all together. And we can't wait to present it all to you. Absolutely. I've been left quite giddy with some of the confirmations we've had. Uh, it's great to be able to reward you, our listeners, actually, with such a strong lineup as well. We're hugely in debt to our supporters, whether you're a casual listener, someone who shares the episodes with your friends, or someone who has got involved on our Patreon, or by donating or buying merch. It's made doing the 40 weeks of this feel just like two months. And we've learned a hell mm-hmm. of a lot and hope to continue to improve as well. But don't forget, in space, no one can hear you stream. Space and Things has been brought to you by And Things Productions.